Hey, this is Phil Yano with the Tech After Five podcast. And my friends, you know that we are here to help you be better at what you do, whether it's in your career or your business. We've got a very special guest with us today. I got Todd Lewis from the All Things Open Conference, and we are going to talk about open source and opportunity. What's really fun about this is the world is coming to you this year. Uh, the whole conference is going to be served on your desktop. No travel, none of that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about all of that in just a minute. But first, let me introduce my friends. I've got Scott Pfeiffer here with me. Hello, friend. Hey, Phil. It's great to be here as always. Yeah, I am glad to see you hale and healthy in the, this, what is this time? I don't know. It's some time that we're in, um, but good to see you. And we've got uh, Carol Hamilton. Hello, Hello Carol. Hi. Nice Good to, to see you and glad to have you help me. Uh, and we're just going to, this is going to be, Todd, this is going to be super easy. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Spanish Inquisition. Just ask a bunch of questions, <laughs> you answer them. It's, it's going to be super easy. But uh, all things open, man, it is next week uh, when we're talking about this. So uh, holy cow, this is going to be another great event. Todd Lewis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, Phil. Yeah. Good to see you. Um, all right, Todd, every year there is something new. Now, I guess we should call the elephant in the room for all things open this year. Uh, usually when I've been to these things, it's a pile of people in a space. And uh, that just doesn't seem like we can get away with that this year. So talk to us about the pivot. Yeah, well, uh, how much time do you have, Phil, right? Yeah, we, uh, we, got, yeah. we got time for you, yeah, Todd. We're yeah. making time. <laughs> There's so much to say about the pivot, right? Uh, we're right there with everybody else, frankly. Um, I think, you know, people across the world have had to transition to, you know, a new reality. And I know that that's a cliche, but it's just so true. Uh, we're not excluded from that. We're right there, you know, right there with everybody else. So um, I could not in any way have predicted where we would be in uh, October of 2020, back in, you know, February or March. Phil, I think we actually saw each other in March in Columbia just before, literally right. day before this really picked up speed and became what it's become. And even then, even then, there was no way to know really that, you know, it would evolve in the way that it has and uh, result in the new world really that we're all experiencing. So what, what that did was we went from hosting in-person events uh, and looking, you know, three events we were scheduled this year to host three in-person events. One was the 101 event in Columbia uh, that you attended actually, and right. it, it went off without a hitch. It was wonderful, sold out, jammed, you know, lots and lots of people there. And then of course we were scheduled to do a 101 in Austin, Texas in April. And then of course the All Things Open event here in October in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we quickly, quickly had to cancel the Austin event. And then we transitioned that into a virtual online event, our first ever open source 101 at home. That ended up going very, very well. All things considered. And then, of course, that gave us a little bit of time to prepare for the transition to virtual for all things open, which is where we are now. So uh, it, it's, you know, frankly, been a challenge. Uh, there's been some turbulence, uh, but there has been for everyone. So all things considered, we're, we're really in great shape. Yeah. Well, I, you know, congratulations. You had a test run in place, right? The Austin event let you play around with that in a little bit. So let's talk first about the bigger pace of this. This is a enormous open source conference. So for the people who have never been to All Things Open, because it was in Raleigh every year, talk to us about what is All Things Open. Yeah, so uh, All Things Open, or ATO for short, you'll hear me use that acronym. Uh, you know, it, it really is what the name implies, um, open source 
software. Uh, really, the open source approach has and includes many, many facets. Uh, you know, you can talk about really the hands-on developer aspect of this. You can talk about the engineering, more the infrastructure, the Linux side of this. There's a business element, a business component to this. There's a community component to it, right? Community is vital when it comes to open source. There's a diversity and inclusion element to this as well. So there are many, many different elements. So what we wanted to do with the conference is bring all of those components or all of those elements sort of under one roof, uh, one umbrella, if you will, and give people a chance to attend a single event in a single place at the same time, yet get all of, you know, access and exposure to all of those things. Um, it was unique. This is our eighth year of doing the event. Um, when we started it back in 2013, I don't think anyone had ever really taken that approach. There were different events that focused on just one of those aspects of open source, but not one that sort of brought them all together. So that's really the idea and kind of the philosophy is that someone can attend the event, get some exposure to all of those elements, learn something, meet new people and network uh, and do it within a relatively short period of time. And this year, uh, do it from the comfort of their home or their office and do it all online. Oh. Can you uh, just run us sort of through the, the schedule or the specifics of the event? If I sign up, what, you know, what do I expect? What, what am I going to be able to attend? How do I do that? Sure, sure. Thanks, Scott. Um, so it's a two-day event, right? We, we had, you know, and it's typically a, maybe a two-and-a-half-day event. So if this were in person, we, uh, this would have been scheduled for half day on Sunday, the 18th, and then a full day on Monday, the 19th, and a full day on the 20th. So what we've done is we've modified it this year a little bit. So it's just two days. It's just Monday, the 19th, and Tuesday, the 20th. Uh, it, both days are full days, right? So the first day, uh, the 19th, is really going to focus on uh, extended workshops because we know that people, you know, that attend our event and our conference every year, they're, they're certainly interested in shorter talks, right? They want a lot. They want to attend a large number of talks, get a little bit get a little taste of each of those topics and then move on and get exposure to a lot of topics. But then there are people that want to do deep dives. They want to take more time to get into the code, to do more hands-on stuff. So day one, uh, we've really tried to allow people the opportunity, provide that opportunity for people to do the deeper dive and the more hands-on stuff. So there are, you know, 10 tracks of extended sessions and workshops touching on everything from cloud to Linux uh, to developer-related topics, to DevOps, and on down the line. In addition to Monday, uh, there are three sub-events uh, that are co-located with All Things Open. Uh, the first is the Community Leadership Summit, or CLS. Um, had this been an in-person event, this would have been the first year ever that CLS would have been uh, hosted in person physically on the East Coast. Typically, in years past, for the last decade, it's been a West Coast event that takes place in Portland, Oregon, or I think there was a year that it took place in San Jose, California, but we had decided this year to kind of combine forces. They were going to come to the East Coast and co-locate that event on Saturday and Sunday with us. But on Monday, CLS will take place virtually, and uh, you know, people, if they want some you know, community content, community-based content, they can certainly attend CLS. The second co-located event is going to be the Inclusion and Diversity Program. Um, huge, huge topic. It's vitally important. From the very beginning of this conference, we tried to be really bring a diverse lineup of speakers with varying viewpoints and different perspectives to deliver topics. We think that the, that really the end result there is just a richer, deeper experience for everyone that attends. And this conference will really, uh, this sub-event or the inclusion diversity event, will really focus on topics sort of under that umbrella, i.e. inclusion and Di diversity. Uh, that sub-event is dual track. There are two tracks 
uh, related to that event. And that, you know, again, we'll deliver content uh, on two tracks. I think there are a total of maybe 10 sessions. The highlight of that sub-event is the executive panel that'll take place as a featured session on Monday. Super important because inclusion and diversity is viewed um, in maybe a unique and different way from the executive level. So we have executives from some of the top uh, companies in the world, IBM, Fidelity Investments, GitHub, uh, which has now been acquired by Microsoft. I know you all are aware of that acquisition. It took place maybe a year, year and a half ago. They will be participating. Third sub-event is DevOps Days uh, Raleigh. And DevOps, huge, huge topic, uh, really combining you know, the developer and then the operational um, aspect of this, uh, aspect of technology. But DevOps Days is the other, uh, or the third sub-event that takes place on Monday. So on Monday, people can go and really experience extended workshops if they want to do deeper dives on technical topics, or they can attend one of the sub-events, CLS, Community Leadership Summit, Inclusion, Diversity, or DevOps Days Raleigh. Tuesday, October the 20th, will really just be traditional 45-minute sessions, what I think most conference goers are sort of used to. Um, and it'll be, really we'll have 20 to 25 tracks on that day. So it'll be 45-minute sessions across 25 tracks that really cover every element or most aspects of open source. So we're trying to give people over the two days a different viewpoint Monday versus Tuesday. So we're not giving them the same content day over day. Uh, we want people to come back for something different on Tuesday. Okay. Um, can you uh, go into a little more detail on the workshops on the first day? What, what topics are you going to be in? If, if I choose a track on that first day, like if I choose a workshop, is that my all day or do I have uh, options to bounce around? Oh, sure. Well, topics, um, the workshop topics really vary. Um, you've got different tracks. One is, you know, more developer focused. There's a DevOps uh, workshop track that is obviously by definition more DevOps focused. Um, a Linux infrastructure track that is more, you know, on the engineering side, kind of down into the guts of systems and networks and things like that. And then there are maybe four, well, gosh, five or six additional tracks, maybe even more on different technical topics and things like that. So um, those workshops on those tracks um, vary in duration. So they actually vary in time. Some of them are an hour and a half. Um, we are offering one on containers. Uh, Brent Laster with SAS, the statistical company based out of Cary, North Carolina, uh, known worldwide uh, as an instructor and as a technology teacher, for lack of a better way of describing it. Uh, he's going to be delivering, a, I think, a five-hour container workshop that is truly going to be you know, extended and give people a real opportunity to go very, very deep on, on the container topic. So lots of different topics. Uh, they vary in duration. Most of them are an hour and a half. We found, you know, that's twice as long as a traditional 45 minute session, but yet that's enough to really kind of get your, you know, kind of get your hands dirty and gives the, the speaker and the instructor time to kind of go deep on something, not too deep, but deep enough to really get you involved and really teach and have some education result from the experience. Uh, Brent and containers, again, that one's gonna go maybe five hours. So for someone that really kind of wants to sit in something and get deep all day, uh, then that is an option for you as well. 
So you're bringing up some interesting points that there's ways to go deep and there's ways to stay a little bit more superficial and just get tasters. And it makes me think that your attendees are probably a group of the usual suspects, but it also makes me think that there's a whole fringe element here that might be really interested in this in a way that they may not know naturally say, oh yeah, that's for me. And I'm wondering if you could just talk about who you think would really benefit from this, both from the traditional as well as maybe some of the new people exploring. You know, that's a really great question. We've always taken the approach, you know, we've been doing events for more than a decade now. You know, Phil Phil knows that. We've we've worked together and, and known mm-hmm. each other for well more than a decade now, I think. Um, you know, open source in general is a great on-ramp into technology. Uh, It's a great way to get started. You can contribute to an open source project, meet new people, learn new skills, and most open source projects would be elated to have you get involved. So that relates directly to the type of attendee that might get value out of this. You know, um, I think a lot of people might look at most technology conferences as being only applicable to um, technology experts or those that have been in the industry, veterans. Um, And with all things open, that's really not the case. A lot of people that are more introductory level, you know, maybe they're literally just getting in, they've been in the industry for one to two years, you know, they want to network, they still want to build their personal network. So networking element is important to them, but they also want to learn something. uh, And, you know, they want to attend sessions that are more introductory level, you know, they, they don't want to jump in to sort of the deep end into a very, very technical session. Uh, so there are 101 level um, sessions available at the conference as well. So, you know, again, to your question directly, um, I, I think the conference is great for those that, you know, one to two years of experience, just getting started. There's definitely content for them and networking opportunities and sessions that are directly applicable. Those that are sort of midway, uh, maybe at a midway point in their career, definitely applicable. You know, at that point, you know some things, you've got some experience under your belt, but you're still looking to network. You're still looking to hear some of the topics you might already, you know, be familiar with, but you're looking for different perspectives and new ways to think about them. That just makes you a better technologist, honestly, and a better decision maker and things like that. So if you attend All Things Open, you're going to hear different perspectives and viewpoints from people, and they're going to present topics in ways that you've never considered them. Um, For the, what I would refer to as the veteran, you know, this is a podcast in and of itself, right? Is that, you know, a lot of um, people have worked with legacy systems for most of their careers. They've worked in an environment over an extended period of time. They've gotten used to doing something in a certain way, working with certain legacy technology. Maybe the technology in their environment hasn't changed that much over the years. They've gotten used to it. But yet that person still wants to keep up with what's going on outside of their immediate environment. So you can attend the conference, look around, see what other people are doing, implementing, supporting, engaging in. And then you can also begin to learn some of those things yourself. So there's a great educational opportunity as well. So veterans, midpoint in your career, or even introductory level people, there's really something for everyone. I know that sounds cliche, but it's so, so true. And again, I would touch on the networking element of this too. Um, I think that's often overlooked, but very few people engage in their jobs and contribute to tech in a silo. I think the days of that, maybe it was, maybe that was more prevalent going back 10 to 20 years. I just think over, sorry, I just have (laughs) this happen. Um, So, 
you, you know, but that does not happen today in any way, shape or form. So very rarely today will you work in a silo. And that's just that you're going to have to communicate with people, especially today remotely. And so therefore communication skills and your network and knowing people with different experiences and expertise, that's increasingly important. So the question becomes, how do you meet those people? How do you build networks? How do you, you know, communicate with people and get better at that? And I would say, I would argue that a great way to do that is attend a conference like this, meet new people, engage, 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 and build out your network also. All right. So just to follow up, because Scott and I have like-minded thoughts at the times, can you just give us one or two specifics for the mere mortal, the non-tech person who might, might not know to come in? What's, that, what's one or two specific highlights that you go, boy, this is something you really don't want to miss, this particular topic or something? Sure. Um, you know, I think one of the often overlooked elements of technology is documentation. Mm. Mm, And, you know, um, so I've seen so many times people come into a job or they come into a new environment and the documentation is terrible. So therefore they say, well, what was going on here? What was the logic? What logic went into building the system? Because that's going to catch me up to speed. That's going to allow me to contribute in much quicker in a much more positive way. And then everybody that is sort of already on the team looks around at each other and says, hmm, yeah, that doesn't really exist, or it really is not very good. You know, we didn't bother to document that. We just sort of thought about it. And we just sort of did, you know, do it. What I'm getting to is there's a, there are a couple of great sessions on documentation, documentation best practices. So, you know, this also gets back to what type of person is the conference applicable to. Many people come into tech and say, well, look, I don't really write code. Is tech for me? Can I contribute? Can I get a job? And I will tell you that if you're, you know, te- technical writing or just writing in general, documentation is a great end for you. It's a great opportunity because it is so needed and yeah. it is so difficult to find. I mean, it is rare to stumble on, certainly in the open source space, an open source project that is properly and well documented. It's very rare. It's wonderful when it happens. So, so many open source projects and just technology environments in general are in desperate need of solid writers and people that can actually document what is going on. So the the documentation sessions at ATO are fantastic. They've got experts. We've got um, two or three experts from all over the world that are going to be contributing and leading those sessions. And that's often overlooked as well. There are several leadership um, uh, sessions too. you know, the business side of open source, you know, one of the big, um, Well, one of the things that I've noticed over the years is a lot of our attendees are C-level people. And it's because people at the executive level, even though they're not involved in the hands-on application day-to-day, they still have to know what's going on. They still very much want to know what's going on and what people are doing. They want to know what impact, what impact to the bottom line will the implementation or the integration of open source technology into our infrastructure what, how will that impact our bottom line from a business perspective? So they then attend the event. A great example of that is cloud. Cloud's impact on open source. You now have AWS and Microsoft and Red Hat and IBM supporting open source in the cloud. Well, that's impacting you know, uh, environments and companies and open source in a, in a huge way. So we've got several sessions um, that really talk about open source and the impact of open source on the business element. So business people, in my opinion, those are can't miss sessions because even if you're a hardcore technologist and you're hyper-technical, you still need to understand how what you're doing fits into the overall business picture and the Couldn't business environment. And yeah. We see that happen all the time. 
Yeah, well done. Thank you. You know, uh, Todd, like you, I love conferences. And um, one of the reasons I love them, which you mentioned before, is the networking, right? I think the networking at a conference is, you know, it's great. You go and you meet people from all over the place and all that. But I've been to some of these online conferences and some of them have really struggled to um, incorporate a networking element into their online conference. What are you guys doing to facilitate uh, networking and create space for networking in your online environment? Yeah. So what a, what a great question. We get this a lot. Um, so a lot of it has to do with your decision as to what platform to use, you know, frankly, um, you know, when this mass transition to virtual took place and happened, conference organizers were put into a really interesting situation and position, right? They then had to scramble to research all of these virtual platforms to determine and identify the ones that offered the best feature set and the best, you know, a rich feature set uh, that offered really solid networking opportunities. Because if the platform that you're using, if the networking element is not intuitive and if it's not easy to use, and if it doesn't easily connect people, then you've really defeated the purpose of a conference. And you just sort of said that, right? So we did a lot of research into this um, platform. Uh, We're using a platform called Six Connects. And the networking element of this is pretty solid. So if you just want to meet people at any time on the virtual platform, you can see who else is in attendance. You can at any time see how many people are there, wherever you happen to be. If you're in a room at a session or if you're in the exhibit hall or if you're in the conference lobby, the virtual environment lobby, or if you're in the networking hall, you can see who's there and you um, will be able to see that person's profile and you will be able to proactively reach out to them and open up a line of communication. Now, that person might have the do not disturb setting set on their profile. They might not want to be, you know, disturbed, excuse me. So that's totally understandable that that's okay. We make it very clear to attendees. You can set that, you know, um, activate that setting on your profile. Um, But again, attendee to another attendee that that direct communication is absolutely available. What's also available is, um, you know, a lot of people, maybe they're looking for jobs. Maybe they're interested in what some of our sponsors or some of our partners or the companies that are in the exhibit hall are doing. Um, I will tell you that we have the biggest companies in the world that will be live on site. Uh, everyone from Microsoft to Google to Red Hat to IBM to Sonatype to JFrog to pretty much the largest companies on planet Earth are going to be there. They'll have people there available to talk to you. So if you want to go into a booth or if you want to engage those companies to either ask about a job, maybe a job opportunity, or ask about technology or just you know view a live demo or just talk to someone personally and make a contact at one of these companies, you can certainly do so. And in that case, you can actually jump on a live video chat with people as well. So if, if you want to talk to someone just like we're talking to each other now, see them and engage with them in real time via video, you can certainly do that as well. So the networking lounge is where the majority of that will happen and in the exhibit hall. But there are lots of opportunities like that available. And again, um, Scott, that's something that we that we really put a lot of thought into because, you know, networking and building out your own personal network and making connections super, super, you know, it's just vital. And it's not always easy online, right? Face-to-face and the in-person experience, sometimes, you know, you bump into someone, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to knock the coffee out of your hand. But then it starts a conversation. You attend a social or a networking event after the conference, you're sitting down at lunch, eating lunch, and you're sitting at a table with other people you've never met before. It's, you know, if you want to meet people at an in-person event, you can certainly do it. Online, you can do it as well, but it's not always so easy. So that's why we've tried to make it as easy as possible. 
Yeah, I think those things happen sort of by serendipity. And we know that, right? We've been to conferences. We know how we bump into people. I was sitting there thinking, oh, Todd, great hat. And, you know, I'd start up a conversation. We'd be talking about the hat. And then we'd find out where you worked and we'd do all that kind of stuff, right? So that would be kind of thing. So now you, it's not, you know, this is back on you again, right? There were a thing that everyone knew how to do. We know how to bump into people. We know how to talk to them. I mean, we kind of know how to talk to them. But, you know, we reach out, we have a conversation. And and now here we are in this space. So it was up to you, back to you to set the platform so that people can once again discover each other or reach out to each other. And it sounds like you've been thoughtful in that regard. Are you, are you using the same platform that you used in Austin? We are not. Uh, we okay. actually use a different platform. We use a platform called Hopin for uh, the Open Source 101 at Home event. It is a wonderful platform. Hopin is um, a startup out of the UK, out of London. They really did a great job. It was an amazing platform. Uh, we made that decision on short notice, uh, but it, was, it turned out to be really a, a great decision. But what we needed for ATO, All Things Open is a little larger event. Um, you know, more people are going to be there and engaging. So it had to be a little more robust. And then we wanted to offer some additional features, networking features, um, you know, like the ones that we really just talked yeah. about, things like that. And we felt like Six Connects was, you know, maybe just offered a few more of those uh, for a larger event. So we thought that that would be appropriate. Yeah, well, and well, it's a learning experience. And I get that, right? And that's one of the things I think about. And So tell me, how many people do you think are going to sign up for this thing by the time we get to event day next week? Oh, sure. Uh, we're, you know, 6,000, uh, 6,000 uh, or thereabouts. And I think by next week, we'll be at 7,000, 7,500 or somewhere around. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, I mean, the, th the thing is, the problems of managing that many people are completely different. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to go throw 6,000 people on a Zoom call and expect them, a, a Zoom meeting and expect them to talk to one another, right? It can't happen. I mean, even if it would put, like, you'd all be one pixel wide on the screen, right? On the, But I mean, it, that part is just not going to work. So the platform piece of this really matters. And I'm glad that you've had the chance to kind of evaluate and be thoughtful about that. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that works. Um, Carol's asking, and I think this is a good question, right? Or uh, It's Monday and Tuesday, primarily, and what what are the times? I mean, because this is kind of like it's a it's an appointment event, right? If I want to be in the room with people, I got to be there at a particular time. Sure. Uh, Monday programming will begin officially at 9 a.m. Eastern time. So everything is Eastern time zone because uh, that's where we're based. So 9 a.m. on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we're going to start maybe 15 minutes earlier with welcomes and introductions. We're going to go at 845 but keynotes, keynote content will start on Tuesday at 9 a.m. So uh, welcomes and introductions programming will begin at 9 on Monday and then 8.45 on Tuesday with keynotes on Tuesday starting at 9. So if someone wants to skip intros and welcomes on, uh, and welcomes on Tuesday and they just want to begin with the keynote uh, sessions, they can certainly do so at 9 a.m. the same time as they would do so on, on uh, Monday. Yeah. Is there uh, anything else we need to know before getting there? Something that we, I mean, you've, you've been great about putting out some good looking emails, a lot of content out there, highlights of speakers have been great. Um, I understand. I feel really bad that I can't make the drive through to pick up a shirt and a hat, by the way, but, uh, yeah. um, but it's really kind of, but you've done a lot in terms of communicating. Is there anything else that, you know, we need to know last minute if we're trying to decide about being there on Monday and Tuesday. Sure. Well, I think the first, maybe the most important thing is it's actually free to attend this year. 
So this is the first year that we've ever done free registration. Um, anyone that's attended All Things Open before knows that we've priced the conference affordably and we think fairly. Uh, we always want to deliver more or, you know, we want to um, under promise and over deliver. We want to always yeah. deliver more return on investment uh, than what someone would expect going in. And I think we've always done that because we've priced the conference affordably and fairly. This year, uh, our presenting level sponsors are enabling us to, to really open it up for free. So when you register, actually, if you register between now and the event, it's 100% free. And again, um, IBM, Salesforce, um, uh, Google, uh, they are actually making that, that possible. And of course, Amazon Web Services, AWS, um, they're all right. presenting level sponsors. They've kind of stepped up. And I think they agree with us that, you know, open source really is a gateway opportunity for people. So they wanted to make this event possible and they wanted to, you know, kind of, they understand as well, the world's a different place. A lot has changed over the last eight to nine months and we want great networking and really quality educational content to be available for free in this case. So hard to, hard to beat that given, the, given, you know, the quality of the content and the speakers. How does one register? Yeah, um, you can go to the website, uh, 2020.allthingsopen.org, 2020.allthingsopen.org. You can register. You can also just go to allthingsopen.org, and then from the All Things Open site, uh, you'll be directed. You'll actually see it right at the top of the page, a direct link over to the conference website. So those are two ways. The direct link, again, 2020.allthingsopen.org, and then uh, just the allthingsopen.org site as well. So you can access it both of those ways. And we're on all of the social networks as well. You can find us on Twitter at the handle at allthingsopen. Um, and then we're on Facebook at All Things Open and LinkedIn as well. And then I think we're on Instagram. I know that we're on Instagram as well. Although I will say Instagram, maybe not, maybe not uh, as 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 popular with us and maybe with the other platforms. What is what? I mean, come on! It's a nerd conference. What is there to see? It is not. It is not a very photographic thing. I mean, yeah. it's all about the content, man. We want to learn stuff. I'm super excited. I'm going to say thank you. By the way, I registered myself. Uh, thank you for not asking me 800 questions during the registration. It all fit on one page. That was super simple and easy to get signed up. So I'm, uh, of course, looking forward to being there. But, uh, you know, thank you for not uh, making it hard. I think it's just super easy. Life is hard enough these days, Phil. Uh, we, yeah, we don't, oh, it is. And so I'm, I'm excited about the idea. I mean, this has always been a great conference, right? And it's always just awesome content. And uh, now it's just open to people that, you know, before would have had to make a real commitment to travel or commitment to hotel rooms and all that kind of stuff. And now it's like, oh, man, if I can make it to the, my desk, <laughs> I can be there. <laughs> yeah. Californians may have to be deciding between pajamas and, you know, business casual. But yeah, that seems like a pretty good problem to have. What I'm going to confess. I was sitting here one day this week. I was came into my desk and my wife walks in and she goes, ah, oh, you're like only half committed. I said, what do you mean? She said, a shirt and pajama bottoms. What is yeah. that all about? So <laughs> yeah, the hard part sounds like figuring out which one you want to go to. It sounds like there's a lot of really good choices. So again, yeah. good problems to have. Well done. Yeah. Thank you. I'll say this too. What it also allows, I think, with it being hosted virtually is people can make last minute decisions, right? People may be hearing this, uh, whereas if it were an in-person event and you're listening to this for maybe out of the area, you would otherwise have to book travel and pick up a last minute flight or, you know, last minute hotel room. We take all of that off the table. So maybe, you know, someone, again, outside of the immediate area can, can sort of register last minute and join with very little notice. So 
that's yeah. certainly a pro as well. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going to say that as a Tech After Five podcast listener, we are covering your travel costs. <laughs> it's on us. <laughs> yeah, that's on us. That's on us. Todd's covering the conference. We're covering the travel costs. Yeah. So uh, this is all going to be completely awesome. Todd, I am so looking forward to this, and I'm so glad that uh, we're able to grab a hold of you. I know that you are super busy as you're in the last bit of this getting this out. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to a great conference. We'll put the links out everywhere and get people to find it. But it's start with uh, 2020.allthingsopen.org, yeah. and you will be able to find your way to it. But we'll have that emblazoned in our show notes and everywhere else as well. Todd, thanks so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carol, how do we find you in the world? If we go, we know how to find Todd. We, we put that website right. out there. How do we find you? Well, on Monday and Tuesday, you'll find me at open, but uh, yeah. otherwise you can find me at hamiltonthinktank.com. Okay. Awesome. Brother Scott. I have a great website. My son built at fscottp.com and you can find me on LinkedIn as Scott Pfeiffer. Did you see the twofer right there? I say, Scott, how do we get a hold of you? And he put in a plug for Henry Piper yeah. Studio on his Henry way. Henry deserves it. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I see how that works. All right. Uh, I'm Phil Yanov, and we want to see you at Tech After Five. Um, but we want to see you on Monday and Tuesday at All Things Open. And so we'll put all the links, and we'll see you there. Todd Lewis, one more time. Thank you so much for being our guest. You bet.